0: Cody, you can run on for a long time. But sooner or later, Brody Lee is gonna cut you down. And I am gonna take this dog collar, Cody. I am gonna wrap it around your neck. I am gonna wrap it around that god forsaken tattoo. And you, Cody, will have nowhere,
1: nowhere to run and nowhere to hide you, Cody. You have one week to answer me. Are you a man or are you a coward? Go and pop
0: off, me and my clique put on. I'm like a young McMahon. I'm here to get your bitch off. Woo! Like I'm Rip Flair. Little finger to the big balls. Man, AKA police. because I'm over your head like you tall.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's Tuesday, you know what that means, it's episode four of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. My name is Ross and I'm here with my co-host Adam. Adam, how's things? Did you have a good Christmas?
0: Yeah, it was good,
1: thanks. Nice, uh, quiet, obviously, Um, spent it with
0: a a few members of the family, but
1: yeah, it was was good. What about yourself? Yeah, it was good, thanks. Hectic, Um, we're both kids. Um, and finally, got a a wrestling ring with a with a steel cage, and a few wrestling figures. So yeah, there was nice. a lot of wrestling involved. But uh, no, it was nice. Thanks. Uh, it was good. Good good. Um, before we get into t- to into today's topic, um, unfortunately, it's another episode where we need to talk about someone who's uh, sadly passed away. Um, Brody Lee, uh, from AEW who was Luke Harper in WWE. We heard the news just this week that he'd sadly passed away, um which is which is terrible. He's only he was only forty one. Um and I think from like every single um dedication and tribute that I've read, this guy seemed like just a genuinely great great person. Great guy, everything that I've seen yeah. has been talking about how, Such a what a good husband, what a good father, um, and friend. Um, and you know that's that's putting aside what he did in the ring. I I I'll be honest. I, I didn't see a lot of his work in WWE, um, and I've seen bits and pieces of him in AEWs. He, he seemed like he had quite a good character on the go, um, and I liked the thing, the stuff that they were doing with the dark order. Which is which has been quite entertaining, but um yeah. Just a real shame, isn't it?
0: Yeah, really sad. Um I saw a little bit of his work, um, as part of the, the Wyatt family. Mm. Um and you know, he was a good character, as a big guy, um, pretty athletic with the size, but like you say, all all the tributes that I read and saw that side of things was very much secondary. It was people talking about just, just what a good guy he was, which is you know, a real shame obviously it leaves behind uh, his family. So, um
1: yeah, it just I think puts puts uh, everything into perspective really. It does. Something that um I'd I would i would listened to the Talkers I don't know if you listened to the Talkers Jericho episode that he was on, um, not that long after he'd made his AEW debut. And it seems to be a thing that wrestlers do when they leave WWE now is they mm-hmm. jump onto Jericho's podcast and have a bit of a uh, a bit of a shoot on, on how things were in WWE, but um, one of the things that he'd been talking about on there was basically Vince couldn't see past him, um, this big guy with a big beard, he couldn't see past him as like a kind of southern a guy with a southern drawl, and um, if you've seen any of his work in AEW, you know that's not how he how he actually speaks uh, he's quite an intelligent sounding guy, um, and one of the angles that he had uh, suggested to I think to the creative team in WWE had been that he would adopt a sort of serial killer type um, persona where he would okay. collect something from each he would he would beat someone and collect something from them and he would be like a kind of collector, um, which it's to me sounded like a like a re- really uh, fun and sort of creative character, but um, yeah. unfortunately. It seemed. I think it, he was saying that, regardless of what he put forward, it, it always just came back to southern drawl and yeah. kind of redneck character that, like, he played with the Wyatt family, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, but obviously, the bigger shame is that his family have lost them, and, and that it seems like the wrestling uh, industry have, have lost like a, a really great guy. Yeah. Very sad. <laughs> So, in our last episode, we spoke about our top five Intercontinental Champions, um, and I think towards the back end of that, when we were talking about our number one pick, who, which was Chris Jericho, um, we were we were kind of veering into a bit of a wider um, and bigger conversation about greatest wrestlers ever, um, and I think you and I... Uh, afterwards, we'd spoke about it, and we'd thought that might be something quite cool to try and uh, tackle. Yep. Um, so we have decided to give that a go today. Uh, um, there could there there can I was going to say there can only be one greatest of all time, but we're <laughs> we're going to try and list our five together. Um, so to do that, rather than letting us both take. A shot each, and say this is five, four, three, two, one. Um, we've got a list of ten. We're going to try and whittle it down to five, and we're going to try and rank them. So this should be interesting, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. It'll um, be fun. A bit different. Ah it's a bit different. Yeah. So. So who've we all got? Who, who we've got? Um, we've got five each. So who who have you got? I've got The Rock, uh, Rick Flair. Hulk Hogan,
0: The Undertaker,
1: Stone Cold Steve Austin, and um, we've got Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, John Cena, Bret Hart, and Triple H. Yeah. Um, now you could, I I I think if if you or I had said that was there here's my five and here's your five, you, like you might say what what you're talking about, but like you couldn't say like that's a wild list. If um, yeah. you're already if you're five already, so yeah. um, this is going to be difficult. Um, so the 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 criteria that we have talked about, I think we we talked we maybe touched on uh, in the last episode. We we're talking about what career longevity.
0: Uh, yeah, lo- longevity, um, in ring performance, mm-hmm. and the promo, the ability on the mic, Mike skills. Um, they they were really the the three criteria we listed, um, and then uh, when, when we got to talking about things um, outside of the podcast, we were talking around you know considering as well the the influence um, that's kind of left behind. By, by the performer so are there you know hordes of other uh, wrestlers that have been influenced by that guy and mm-hmm. does that in a way elevate the, the actual importance when
1: you look at him so kind of threw that in as another element of it really. Yeah and I think coming to think about some of the guys that we've just listed there um, some of their influence is really really obvious. Um, yeah. Where, and and some of the some of the the influences is, is not as obvious, but possibly just as as big an influence. Yeah. Um, is there anybody we have in our ten that we need to get to our five? Is there anybody that off the bat you would say I don't think that they deserve to be there? See,
0: when I was given my five, um, the sort of. It's difficult to say this guy shouldn't be in the mix, but for me, when you look at one of those criteria in particular, which is longevity, mm-hmm. I, I have The Rock on my list, and you know, an initial run, which is 96 to 2004, and then a couple of comebacks, Um, it's it's not... Uh, you know, a, a, a big uh, period of time actually in the business. Now, you know, eight, what are we talking about here? Eight-year run and probably six or seven, maybe arguably of that eight years are very near the top. And when, when you talk around some of the criteria we have talked about, he absolutely would be in the mix. But when I'm doing like a comparison between him, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, and even Steve Austin, he's he's not got that, you know, that, that sort of longevity that the rest of them have. Um, so just on that one criteria, I would say he's the one that is kind of at the bottom of my list of the five I was looking at.
1: Okay. I think that's fair, and I think that's probably the, the kind of criticism that would go against the Rock whenever you're considering this sort of thing, is that he did have a relatively short run. Yeah. Um, but, on the flip side, his influence is probably probably massive yeah um and and just thinking beyond wrestling um one of the biggest things I think um about talking about a wrestling superstar is the number of people that know him know mm-hmm. that person out with uh, out with wrestling fans. Yeah. Uh, everyone knows The Rock, but that that's probably because of how successful he's been as a uh, as an actor. Yeah. Whereas someone like Hulk Hogan, everybody knows Hulk Hogan, but it's not because of Suburban Commando or Mr. Nanny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it it is it is really difficult because if you split out all these criteria,
0: you know, some people would be a lot higher on some of them than they are on others, and it's probably the only one he's really low on, but. He is... It's really hard to compare him to some of the others when, when you look at that particular element.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, someone like... Someone like Flair... Yeah. ...has been in the business essentially his whole life. Yeah. Um, Shawn Michaels has been in the business, and if we're, we're saying that he's still in the business as far as still working with NXT... Yeah. Um, he was just in a pay-per-view two or th- Two couple of months ago, he's been in the business since 1984... Jericho's had thirty years, Undertaker's had thirty years, Triple H is still in the business, hasn't been going since um the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean even even Austin. I mean he he's kinda certainly on my list, he's the second shortest. Um but he, you know, is fourteen years and it's you know, almost double that what what, what The Rock had in mm-hmm. reality. Um but again are we knocking the rock off? For for me, from my five, he's the one I would knock off.
1: Okay, let's do it. Let's be ruthless. <laughs> we need to be. There's ten of them. We need to get to five, and then we need to rank them. So, yeah. Um, this is this is probably quite expected, but I think I don't. All of these guys, even Jericho, who's still in the business, I think you can look at legacy. Yeah. Um, longevity, legacy, uh, you can look at them and and look back whereas with with John Cena I don't feel like don't th- I don't feel like I'm able to do that, but that's maybe just because he wrestled at a time where you know, like oh, a lot of these guys wrestled in the attitude era and before that. Um whereas yeah. with Cena he wrestled in an era that was PG centric, um, his his accolades are uh, he's he's a decorated he's a massively decorated so thirteen time WWE champion, three time world heavyweight champion, uh, five time US champion tag champ he's he's won everything there is to win in WWE, um, and full time wise he was in the he's he's he would been wrestling for WWE for sixteen years. I just don't feel comfortable with them being on a, a greatest yeah, of
0: all time list. I get that. I mean, I suppose maybe if we were doing this in ten years' mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. or something like that, there might be a different perspective on it. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 can agree with that. I think um, what what he did do, and he's achieved a hell of a lot, and he was actually in almost every main event, you know, for probably a two or three years or something like that. He was basically carrying the company, but um, I, I think it's maybe too early even still to put him on an, an all-time um, list. And it's it's weird because I don't feel the same about Jericho, who you can maybe look at and say he's still going, but he's, I don't know, he's more important to the company he's in than Cena is now to yeah, the one he's in. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's strange, but I, I do agree with you.
1: And, and even though Jericho's... Um, you know he's got his band and he's he's done a bit of acting and stuff like that like professional wrestling is his his main um, focus uh, whereas with Cena he's went in a similar path to The Rock and, yeah. and Batista and um, he's clearly he's clearly all about acting there's nothing wrong with that obviously but yeah. we're, we're ranking our greatest greatest all time wrestlers let's take Cena off our list as well Okay. Another one that I've got here that I, that I that I think we should take out of contention, but I should take out the equation, but you you can tell me if you think this is unfair. Um a two-time Hall of Famer, a five-time mm-hmm. WWF champion, a two-time WCW champion, a Royal Rumble winner, a King of the Ring winner twice, I think. Um and an in-ring career um, of about 16 years and then after that some sporadic appearances but I, I th- the reason I want to say it is to take Bret Hart out of the equation is is completely out with his own uh, control if you know what I mean okay. um, his WCW run is just it's just nonsense. And like yeah. that's why I say it's out with his control. They didn't know... I think Vince... I think it's been widely known that Vince had said to him they wouldn't know what to do with him. Yeah. Um, like, the first thing they did with him was make him a special guest referee. Um, yeah. Like, he, he's his WWF front is amazing, and he's one of the most beloved wrestlers, one of the most technical wrestlers um but yeah i think his wcw run goes against him the way that his career ended goes against him um with the the goldberg kick um yeah there's just and and the various returns to wwf and wwe and yeah i don't know i feel, I feel like his career's a little bit tainted
0: yeah i i get it there, there's one other thing when when his name came up that I was thinking about and it's not I originally thought, did you know, when we talk about promos and things like that, he's obviously not the best and the strongest, but he's maybe better than he's given credit for because some of his stuff, I think particularly when they had the, the heel uh, Heart Foundation faction, mm-hmm. um, I think he, he actually did some really good work then in promos and things like that. But I also think by the time... the He, he kind of became the main guy when the company were really struggling and again this is another one of those things it's not really his fault but he was carrying it when it wasn't that good for, for quite a period of time Um, you know pre-attitude and all that Um and his, his kind of run at the top uh, I'm not saying it was you know meh but it, it didn't grab me the way that you know some others have yeah um, and, yeah, like like you say, brilliant technician. And, um, you know, if you talk, if we were ever talking in-ring performer, purely that, he would absolutely be right up there. You know, was one of these guys that everything he did looked so smooth and so easy and, you know, never hurt a guy and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it, it, but it's, yeah, there's probably a... I think what we're going to be thinking a few times when we do this, you have to draw the line somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, there's... Others on this list that would be ahead of him, so yeah, I, I get it.
1: Right, I think, um, this is this is almost top five sport entertainers, than yeah, um, top five rest sports entertainers than it is wrestlers. And I think what you're saying there is right that he, d- he doesn't have the obviously he doesn't have the promo skills of like a Steve Austin or a Hogan or yeah, uh, even a Triple H, um. I think unfortunately for him the the storylines are what what makes this list almost. Yep. Um, the rivalries and the, the storylines that the person's been involved in and um the people that they've been able to work with and um you know, like sometimes they had they had Bret Hart and a program with Doink the Clown and Bob Backlund, Jerry the King Lawler, it's just Yeah in comparison to some of the other guys that we've got here it's just um, not really comparable so Brett, I'm sorry I'm sorry Brett, don't (laughs) bury us (laughs) you're getting scratched off Uh. okay so um, I've got Michael's, Triple H and Jericho here what have you got? I've got Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan Undertaker and Steve Austin okay So we've got seven.
0: Yeah, we need to uh, get down to five. This this is now. I'm thinking when things might get difficult. <laughs> yeah. See, um, yeah. I I I when I look and you know the criteria we gave, and you know a lot of the things we talked around. I if I'm doing a best ever list in terms of sports entertainer, I I can't not have Hulk Hogan on it. I don't I don't like him but he, he has to be on it. You love Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> I've never never been his biggest fan but you know the 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 credentials they're they're kind of undeniable. Um I mean what what would what would the business even be if he hadn't come along. Yeah. Um, so as I look, he he's the first one that jumps out. As you just have to put him in, and right. you know the the others. As you, you look through them, you maybe find a way of comparing them and yep. you know splitting somebody out. But I think for for me, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I just think
1: he has to be in. I agree. Um, um, let's put him to the side, yeah, and we can work out where he sits. But um, yeah, let's put him to the side just now. What what is what is wrestling without? Hogan unfortunately. <laughs> um yeah. Question if 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 it would have ever gripped us the way that it did when, when we were young boys without yeah. him, so agreed. Um do you feel the same about anyone else you've got there?
0: See this this is where probably personal um you know, the fact when I watched it, what was mm. great, what I I look at you Know, I've got Ric Flair sitting here, and people could look and say his credentials should get him straight in as well, but I'm not quite so sure that they do, in my opinion. Um, because I probably have, um, I, I was looking at the name The Undertaker and thinking I've got, I've probably got him ahead of Ric Flair, and then I scrolled down a tiny bit, and saw I've also got Steve Austin <laughs> sitting there, um, and I don't know that I've got that other without giving it more thought. That other automatic he's in because if I did, I'd probably say Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that just being too biased to to the fact that I was right in it watching it when he was on absolute fire? Or does nah. that not even,
1: uh, it too- probably doesn't even matter to be honest? Austin's uh, equivalent to Hogan for yeah. that, actually, either. People like uh, people knew who Austin was without watching wrestling. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean you 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 had them you know, some of the, the advertising they were doing at the time and you know, his shirt was everywhere and I think he, he kinda went into you know, entered into pop culture. Really. Mm. It wasn't just uh, in the ring, um or watching Raw or the pay per views. I think he, he was kinda just there. Um but yeah, I mean, at a point when the company was had never been hotter, he was the, the top guy. Absolutely. Um, for, so, a, for
1: a long period.
0: Yeah. So he's probably my other, put him in. Cool. Um, and then worry about the rest.
1: Cool. So, Austin and Hogan, put to one side. Yeah. Um, over this side of the house, I feel the same... Do I? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I feel the same about Shawn Michaels but I, I don't know if Michaels is undeniable. Um I think what influence influence Michaels is undeniable. Any guy under six foot three, six foot four, um, that throws a super kick that you could argue is, is influenced by Shawn Michaels. Um the fact that he's still going with NXT, the fact that that people like Drew McIntyre seek him out to to get some advice on in ring and and on the mic and yeah, um, two time Royal Rumble winner, two time Hall of Famer with DX, um, and like, his influence as far as Intercontinental Champion, his influence as far as that kind of prototype blueprint. Uh, top guy come from the tag team. Yeah. I uh...
0: Yeah, I I I think as well that that one of the the things that always leaps out to me about him, he he has this run and then he has to you know he's got some problems that he has to put over Austin at Mania with a wrecked back. I mean he's he's destroyed. He's in bits. He gets through it, but then there was the comeback run. Mm-hmm. which you know I think I, I can't remember whose podcast it was it might have been a Jim Ross one and he was saying you know the, there are top guys who didn't have as good any run uh, Michael's had two of them you know he had almost two separate runs that were as good as mm-hmm. you know the vast majority of top uh, performers had um, and some of the storylines as well were were, were so good um, and yeah I, I I think I would have him in. Um and I think as well, you know, when they when they made the sort of comeback to, to win the ratings war, I think, you know, obviously you had Austin Rock, but I think DX were a big part of that as well. Yeah. Um and, you know, he was one of the founding fathers, if you like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a just on that second run there's a elimination chamber um that Michaels wins. Um in his second run. I wanna say it's around about two thousand and don't know 2005, maybe okay. Um, which is just amazing. Um, I don't th- I think I, I watched it relatively recently in the last year or so, and I was, I was genuinely surprised at um, cynic that I am at, at how mm. um, pulled in I was by it. it, was, it was really, really good. Okay. Um, his matches, his back to back matches with Undertaker at um, WrestleMania, um, are just some of the the best matches that certainly that both of them have had but yeah. arguably some of the best matches ever yeah um, definitely yeah
0: and i think i'll always remember the 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 match where he retired rick flair as mm-hmm. well and the the sort of emotion of the storytelling of it all he, he just kind of got it he, yeah he's he the perfect uh sort of sports entertainer Um, we had that that bit of everything
1: okay okay let's let's put michael's in we're doing more putting in, and taking out, but that's fine. I mean, we've we've only got two slots left. Um, so, so I've got Triple H and and Chris Jericho here. Um, I feel like I'm quite cynical about Triple H, and where he sits. Um, it seems like if you listen to a lot of the uh, behind the scenes well apart from Bruce Pritchard but um, a lot of the behind the scene podcast Triple H got to where he is by carrying the clicks suitcases yeah. driving them about when they were drunk uh, marrying Stephanie um, and having Vince's ear essentially um, if you want to look at it a really cynical way um, I don't know can it all be in that yeah, nine, I, I, he's a nine time sorry he's a nine time champion five time heavyweight champion um, two time Royal Rumble winner, 1997 King of the Ring he had his run with DX, he was in a corporation or corporate ministry uh, one of them
0: I think he, he would have been in both, because I think he joined the corporation before they merged I think, so yeah
1: and then he had his later run with Evolution and and putting Randy Orton and Batista over, but then there's, there's, and and it, more recently, obviously, as a face NXT, and um, if he is as involved with it as what he seems to be, then that's a legacy within itself, and um, yeah. that's that's probably enough to to put him high on some list. Um, whether mm-hmm. or not that's this list, I don't think it is.
0: Yeah, I think I think my instinct on the name is he's top ten, but not top five. Okay, um, like I, I think maybe people go too far at times with the assumptions about where he would have got without certain factors being in his favour. Um, I, I obviously, you marry the boss's daughter, you uh, get in with what was at the time the most influential group of people that are, that are there. Um, obviously you're you're gonna have some career advantages from having done that, but when when I look at it and he had this he's he's kind of got these different runs there's there's a couple of runs he has early when he's working with the likes of you know rock austin Kurt Angle people like that and he he's excellent you know he's he's brilliant in the ring he's a good talker he's a good heel um but there's this sort of voice in the back of my head that says yeah he's, he's maybe without these other things working his favour he's maybe been a world champ once or twice or something like that you know um, and been around the main event picture but not headlined you know every event for three years or something like that so I think I, I do I, I think the criticism goes too far but at the same time I think some of it will be
1: valid Uh huh. yeah there's a, a kind of middle middle ground yeah Aye, uh, like for a long time, Triple H like every single episode around Raw SmackDown <laughs> started with a ten minute uh, promo yeah. from Triple H. This is difficult. I I think I I think I agree with you. I think in Ring, I think he's a really good wrestler, and I think yeah, he's maybe he's similar think- to Bret Hart, and he's he is really technically yeah. really good.
0: I think part of the frustration i have is i think when he wants to do something with someone and put them over he's so good at it like if you remember the batista angle where you know he he basically uh, batista won the rumble um but he's in evolution and he's going to be going for the other title and basically triple (laughs) h thinks he's masterminding all this Mm -hmm. and then but batista's in on it and knows what's going on picks him beats him beats him again you know and That was, the the frustration I have is I look at that and think he could have done that for more people. Absolutely. Because he did it so well, but I just think there was a reluctance there to do it generally.
1: The one that sticks in my throat is Booker T, um, where he said that infamous people like you don't get to be (laughs) world champion and then beat them. Yeah. Like that's, I get it, like that's kind of heel work. If if the face then beats him, yeah, it's
0: surely <laughs> surely the point of that is to set it up so he gets his comeuppance, and then they just don't deliver that.
1: yeah, some of the pedigree and and crawl, you know, like takes thirty seconds to crawl across the ring, pin him. one, yeah. two, three. it's just yeah. yeah, like that's not the reason why I, I wouldn't put him in a list, but it just it's things like that. Yeah, um, same with, with RVD, he he was kind of involved in a bit of a. Um, Program RVD, but I don't know that he ever really gave them the chance to properly get over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think reluctantly, I think reluctantly for me anyway, we'll take them take off. What do you think? Yeah, I think
0: so. I'm, there's no doubting the, the credentials of these guys from a top 10 point of view, but at, at the same time, you're having to compare them to the other guys that are on the list. Yeah. So some people are. Are gonna miss out for for various reasons, and I, I think there's a few valid ones being touched on there.
1: Yeah, and like just just thinking on Triple H. Yeah, I liked his run with the, with Austin when Austin was heel. I liked the two man power trip. Yeah, Got cut short, I think, because of Triple H getting injured.
0: Yeah, that was when he he did his knee, and then he continued the match, and that's yeah. right. Uh, and and you know that kind of thing. Nothing but respect for it. So th- there's there's a lot there that's impressive. Um, it's it's not to belittle his accomplishment.
1: No, absolutely not. Um, okay, cool. Right, I've only got Michaels and Chris Jericho left on on my uh, bit of paper here. Who are we missing? Ric Flair, Undertaker.
0: Yeah, they're they're the two that we haven't done anything with that were ah, on right. my my
1: list. So we've got Jericho, Undertaker. And Flair, and only two of them. Aye, only two of them can can make it. Yeah. Right, aye. Yeah. Any views on any of them? Um, is is Flair uh, is Flair underrated by us because of our age and because of his WCW credentials? Probably
0: because I mean, as a youngster, I didn't watch. WCW. It was, it was more in the later days, um, and it's great having someone like the network where you can go back mm-hmm. and, and view things now. But back then, for me, he was just the guy who randomly turned up, holding a <laughs> holding a different belt, and I'm like, but I, I looked at him and thought he can't beat the top guys that are there because you know he's yeah he's apparently been in this other company, but you know if you look at him side by side with Hogan or Warrior or someone like that. You don't look at him and think he, you know, he'll he'll beat them. No. Um, but when when I was looking into things, you know, nineteen seventy two to twenty eleven, and you know, a lot of it's not great. You know, there's there's probably a good you know fifteen years or something he probably shouldn't have been no. uh, wrestling. But then across the you know the old uh, Jim Crockett Promotions National Wrestling Alliance, WCW WWF. So a lot of them merged when WCW was created, uh-huh. but sort of talking major world titles, when you count those up, it comes in at 17. And you know, it, I think when you look at influence as well, there's there's so many guys like Shawn Michaels who you know worships him, thinks he's the greatest worker of all time. Um, saw the guy who isn't the biggest guy, and you know what he could do. Um, I think so many people, Triple H talks about him in the same sort of way.
1: Yeah, I believe Triple H is the biggest Ric, Fla- Ric Flair mark going. Yeah, and
0: then you, you look at, um, if you watch any of the old events and you see some promos and things like that, the the, the styling and profiling, you know, the, the cool heel that he was and the four horsemen group that he led. Mm. And so many things that came after that were influenced by that. Yeah, um, and, yeah you
1: know, the, I mean, basically most groups are are a kind of version of the Four, horseman, uh, four yeah. Horsemen, aren't
0: they? Yeah, and uh, and I think you know that's, uh, we t- touched on Triple H's love for him, that's I think why Triple H actually likes factions and why he's wanted to head mm-hmm. his own at times and things like that, it's all influenced by that. So we, we maybe do only remember, certainly I did, only really remembered the times he was in WWF and I, it's not that I haven't looked at his time in WCW And obviously he was the big deal there You know, he was the main guy carried the company for years um, And some of the matches he put on And people he made You know, as you could argue without him There would be no sting Or certainly nowhere near um, the level he got to yeah. um, And I think he, he probably got the best matches Out of Lex Luger that he ever had as well um, And I, I think... He, Looking back further, there's the Ricky Steamboat matches he had, which were brilliant as well. But I don't know if maybe I'm too young. I don't feel it, but maybe I'm too yeah. young to have really appreciated him at the time. Whereas someone comparable like Hogan was still going so strong and so prominent in everything I was watching when, when I started watching.
1: So yeah,
0: yeah. I probably am a bit unfair on Flair. I'm not saying... It's not fair on Flair. <laughs> and then I remember the Rumble. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying he's, he he shouldn't be in, but he, he he was never an automatic in for me.
1: Uh, I know um, when Flair was on the Broken Skull sessions with Austin, Austin had said to him, "You are the goat." Yeah. Um, yeah, Austin's a wee bit older than us. I can under I can probably understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like now where if something happens on Dynamite that you'll see a clip of it. In a, within two minutes uh, on yeah. the internet, or if some th- something crazy happened on impact that we would see it or Smackdown or smack Raw or whatever um it's difficult for us to look back and think how influential Flair was on our wrestling viewing when we were younger because he wasn't um yeah because he was barely he barely there um we've covered that rumble the ninety two rumble. Uh, on this podcast before, and his performance was amazing. Um, and then in later years, like he's just he's just kind of always he's just kind of especially in the kind of ruthless aggression era, he's can always just been there, yeah, putting on these ridiculous matches, <laughs> um, looking yeah. about sixty year old and taking backdrops and and um, chopping people and <laughs> falling yeah. over, but. I I don't know, it's difficult.
0: It it is one of those where, it's funny because we we said longevity is one of the criteria. There you go. But is it, can it be a negative in a way? (laughs) Because does somebody just go so long that they start to tarnish what they did in their prime? Absolutely, Um, I think so. I I mean, we talk about it with, with, you know, bands and things like that, TV shows that just go on too long and how much better they would have been if they just quit while
1: they were, you know, on top. Um, they still turn it up and... You know, like he was getting involved in that um, that angle with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Well, yeah, just the, the other the other week, uh, the other month there. Um, yeah, can so can't get him to stay away? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm more on
0: on the fence about Flair than I am with Undertaker. To be honest, I think Undertaker should be in.
1: Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this could be our first <laughs> proper uh, button of heads. <laughs> I feel like it's quite um it's quite apt to compare Jericho and Undertaker. Yeah. Um and that might sound a bit weird, uh because Jericho wasn't you know, obviously wasn't doing it in the pre attitude era and then in the in the certainly in the early attitude era. I don't even know if you would call that the attitude era that Jericho came into WWE and. but um yeah, it probably was. I think. I think it was Back still. End of
0: it, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. They, yeah. they they don't have similar careers, but they're both been, they've both been going thirty years, um, as wrestlers in the wrestling business. They're both highly decorated. I don't. I I don't know even. I was going to say I don't even know if it's arguable. Jericho's probably more decorated than Undertaker. Yeah, I,
0: I, one of the things I did discover when I was looking at uh, Taker was it's, it's not got as many title runs as you might think. Oh, Um Seven world title Bloody runs. That's more than, that is more than I would have thought. <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, but what he didn't really do, you know, he comes in, he starts on top. Uh-huh. So I think he's, he's got a couple of tag titles as well, but, you know, I think Jericho probably won every belt, you know, uh, yeah. more than once. Yeah. Um, but they, they are... They're really different, and I I think, looking at the criteria, the thing that I think we 100% agree with on Jericho is the character um, sort of transformation or evolution, Mm -hmm. you know. He's never the same character. Whereas, you know, probably you could maybe look at Undertaker and think there's maybe three characters in there over the course of, you know, 20, 20, 30-plus years. Um, And he, you know... Apart from when he was the uh, the, the biker guy, you know, uh, <laughs> I think you he, mean the American badass. <laughs> that's, it, that's it. That's um, it. He he was generally either playing a heel or a baby-faced version of the same character, uh, um, and they, they did take it a bit further at times when they you know basically made him Satan at a point um, and things like that. But he was always kind of the same character. Whereas Jericho, there's far more variety uh-huh. within the, the,
1: the characters that have been there. Yeah, this this is really difficult. I, li- I really like Jericho. Um, it's interesting that you say that Undertaker should definitely be there um, <laughs> because Undertaker's a kind of maybe... Um, I'm actually not convinced at all, I don't think, but I think I would like Jericho to be there, but I'm also not convinced either. Yeah. Um, See, I think,
0: I think beforehand, from the three we had left, it probably would have been Jericho I would have taken out but it's not to say that i think there's a lot in it you know i i can see a valid argument for for basically any of them that mm. that we're still talking about mm. um i think the thing one of the big things that got me about uh, undertaker if you look at his run from when he came in so he comes in and he's actually working with some pretty you know talented athletes in his early days Um, And this is to get him over. You know, he's supposed to be this unbeatable monster heel. So he's not really having competitive technical matches or anything like that. And he's also not speaking much. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's got Paul Bearer there with him, uh, Brother Love right at the start. Um, And so it's a while before he's speaking. He's purely sort of connecting with an audience through the fear, you know. And you see pictures of, like, they'll, they'll put the camera to a kid who's in the audience and Jen generally looking a bit unsettled (laughs) by what they're seeing this massive guy with this aura and this haunting music and he's going in and destroying everyone and you know he's worked with guys like jake the snake early on and you know talented performers but it's very one-dimensional at that time and then they seem to decide that he should only be facing massive monsters Hmm. that i think he he struggled to get good matches out of a lot of them yeah and it was only, you know, later on into his career that it was as if, you know, and I, I hear, if you ever hear Bruce Pichard in his podcast, he, he he was obviously involved in a lot of the booking and writing and things like that, and he he's like apologising to him for not giving him better workers early on, because you look at what he did with a Shawn Michaels, with a Mankind, um, later on with a Triple H, you know, and all those folk, Bret Hart, and he's able to work really good matches. Yeah. And
1: he was almost, I don't know, handcuffed by their idea of what he needed to be early yeah. on. No, I agree. I think I think all of his best matches, maybe with the exception of um the Kane matches, um all of his best matches come against guys that are just that bit smaller. Yeah. Um one of his one of his best WrestleMania matches I would have said is certainly you mentioned Triple H there. Um the Shawn Michaels matches and the CM Punk matches as well. Yeah. Um, they're all really good matches, and he it had a really good rivalry with Austin as well. Yeah. In um, the kind of the really late 90s, 98, 99, round about then. Um, they're, they're his best matches, I totally agree. Um, and when you look back at some of the uh, the people they actually beat during the streak, they're just total guff matches, a lot of them, Yeah. in the early days.
0: Yeah, they're they're pretty terrible. What what do you where would you see from uh he started talking a bit, you know, he's never going to go out there and cut a 10-minute promo or something like that. But um how did you
1: rate his sort of
0: verbal skills for what they were and what they needed
1: to be really? I think you see when he was allowed to be the American badass, the badass character, um that's where you see his personality. Yeah. Um he's almost been um held back in that aspect by the character that he was playing. So um when he's come to be that American badass character I think you see more of the man himself and um a lot of it looked a bit just off the cuff. Um and he was actually he was quite funny mm-hmm. on the microphone then but then but like you said, to start off with you got Brother Love uh, speaking for him you got Paul Bearer kind of warbling for him yeah. Um so yeah I don't know I mean if you compare him to who we've got left Flair mm-hmm. and Jericho then uh, you you can't yeah. really compare them on the mic yeah for for me it's the bit that
0: he's um behind on um I, I think you know that we talked about influence as being a, a criteria and there, there's maybe only so many guys where it's worked but i don't know that anyone would be trying these you know demonic characters and things like that on a mainstream you know program if it hadn't worked with with undertaker um because you have to kind of suspend reality mm-hmm. you know you have to buy in and you know, accept that you're you're not watching something that's a real athletic contest when it when this kind of thing's happening.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I do think he it it would be the best gimmick ever. There's there's
1: there's nobody that's ever got a gimmick over to the extent he did. And he's based on that um, again. The broken skull sessions, Austin, he lived, the gimmick and yeah. was and dedicated himself to it. And, Probably something to be taken into account, of, account with, with that as well. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think you've yeah. convinced me.
0: I'm just wondering who... So if, if you were to to say the three that we had left looking for two spots, who would have been your guy that would miss out? Do you think it would have been Undertaker would have missed out?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but I think you've convinced me that I want him in. Um, Let's put him in. And that would
0: leave two for one slot.
1: Yep, Jericho and Flair. Oh,
0: That's not fair to Flair. It's, it's so difficult because based on what I watched and what you know I've enjoyed through the years, I I, I would put Jericho ahead of him and then that means we're talking about a top five without Ric Flair, which does seem
1: kind of weird. It maybe makes our podcast a laughing stock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's really difficult. I think I think I I think I probably had the preconceived idea that, that Jericho deserves to be in this in a in a top five of the greatest wrestlers of all time because of the length of his career, because of the character changes, um because he's not just wrestled in WWE but he's wrestled he's wrestled in New Japan and WCW and ECW. Um He's very, I think he's been very influential um, as far as his promos, but also that kind of smaller build of wrestler as well. Um, the fact that he's, at the age that he was at, he's he's went away and, and kind of strapped AEW to his back and, and made it a thing. Um, he could quite have easily lived that kind of cushy life of, you know, like kind of being in and around the title hunt on wwe for probably the rest of his career Mm -hmm. um and probably ended up like a color commentator or something like that
0: yeah there's something really admirable about somebody who could have yeah just cruised you know and had that appetite to go do something else I I think that's probably
1: all over his career. To be fair, yeah. It's um, not the first time that he stepped away and and went and yeah. done something else, is it? And uh, I feel like he's always trying to uh, push
0: push the boundaries a bit. You know, he had he was we were having matches with um, Kenny Omega when mm-hmm. Omega was still in Japan mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, and I think he was just had this appetite to do something different and have some different opponents and matches and things like that. Um, whereas nobody could have really blamed him after the longevity of, like you say, just you know hung around, had a couple of matches a year, probably got a very nice payday. Mm-hmm. Um, took a, a a different role when it suited him, when he, where he wouldn't take any bumps and things like that. That I'm absolutely sure he could have done that, um, but he he must still have this appetite, I think, to create new things and. Um, build something and it's probably quite exciting to be involved right from you know the, the start of it, to, yeah. to build something up from the ground hmm.
1: we're, Yeah, we're making quite a good argument for Y2J I don't know if we're making any sort of argument for Flair though um, is it is it quite clear cut in your mind or It's difficult you know,
0: I, I think what what I think about Flair is the the, the big factor that keeps me looking back at him and thinking is this a bit harsh? Is the influence you know and the the style, of the matches, the charisma you mm-hmm. know all that? I never actually thought that much of a lot of his promos that we saw because I think they kind of <sighs> rambled and things like that a bit. But yeah. even when we rewatched the ninety two Rumble before doing the the, the, the rumble matches podcast, mm-hmm. I was thinking his promo at the end of that when he comes across a bit of a madman, but I yeah. thought it was brilliant you know, and
1: a lot of his young, the younger day promos are so intense, yeah, so over the top, yeah, dripping with charisma like you say mm-hmm. they 're great so I, I get the feeling
0: if I was you know ten years older and you know, if if uh, if the network had been a bit older as well. I would probably be looking and saying of course he's a shooting, you know, mm-hmm. you put him and Hogan in and then you worry about the rest. But mm-hmm. I just think with the 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 age I am, what I watched, I, I I'm finding it hard to put him ahead of Jericho.
1: <sighs> no, dear. Okay. Well right, well let's just I'm just looking <laughs> Undertaker, HBK, Austin, Hogan and Jericho. <laughs> I don't know uh, Well like We can only go based on our on our own experiences um, Let's do it, let's put Jericho in I think that's where we're going Yeah, I think that is where we're going There's a lot dancing around it um, It's still,
0: you know, Bret Hart He'll be most annoyed when he hears about this And obviously gives it a listen uh, But
1: yeah He will be us. sorry yeah. Bret yeah. He's a big listener of the show Obviously mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, okay, Jericho, H. P. K. Undertaker, Hogan and Austin, that's our five, now it's uh, time to list them. Well, we've got our five for our list, what we don't have is an order, Um, Jericho, Michaels, Undertaker, Hogan and Austin um to get us started on making some sort of head nor tail of this, do you have anything anything that jumps out at you to to start us off with, do you think?
0: Yeah, I think uh, for me when I when I look at the list when I consider everything, I'm basically picking between two people to, to be number one and okay. obviously the other would be two in my mind. Um and I think I, the, the two people are Hogan and Austin. Um Austin, obviously, you know, at at the top during the most successful run they've ever had. I think biggest merchandise seller ever, um, good quality of matches, great promos. um, made you know, being the uh, boss-hating, ass-kicking, you know, um, redneck babyface type, just made that huge, and people have been trying to imitate it and copy it for for years ever since.
1: Absolutely.
0: Basically... Created the the you know one man um, don't trust anybody up against the boss and the guy with all the power and again how many times have they tried to you know recapture that and even with the successful guys like um, Rock and Triple H I never quite felt the same so I I just think for me I'm I would have to put Hogan at one for a, a couple of reasons I think we talked longevity you know. Um, the, the the guy was in the business from 1977. Uh, had his last match in 2014, although he does say he would like to have a,
1: uh, a final match well, he's never
0: officially retired.
1: He's going to be on Raw Legends night on the 4th of January.
0: That might be when it I might happens. might have him
1: go over Drew McIntyre for the title.
0: <laughs> Just hope he uh, doesn't say anything overly controversial <laughs> while he's there. Um, but yeah, I mean, 12 major world titles. Um, and when you look at legacy you know he was a great talker he had a great look um he he created for me the the superhero wrestler and Mm -hmm. you've seen a few of them um you know warrior was not far behind him and he was similar in, in a lot of ways but um i think that you know had a huge influence on some really successful people like john cena um i know edge you know the famous story about him being at the the WrestleMania in Canada when uh, uh, which one would that be Hogan Warrior? I think was Warrior now. Um, yeah, and th- that's you know when he decided this has to be what I what I do, mm-hmm. um, and you know you just you just see it in in the way promos are delivered, and it's it's another one of those things that people are trying to recapture. I think as well the sort of wider reach. I mean, he wasn't the most successful film star in terms of. <laughs> He's been in a few terrible films, but he's, he's uh, he, he was uh, he transcended wrestling really, mm-hmm. you know. Um, people probably more than name. anyone. Anyone. Yeah, I think the, the only one comparable to that would be The Rock. Um, now in the current, but yeah. probably probably more so Hogan back then, especially in the days before internet and things like that. For for how well known he was, um, you know, across so many parts of the world. Um, and people who didn't know wrestling knew Hulk Hogan. And, you know, it, I think I, I once heard it said as wrestling, oh, that's that thing Hulk Hogan does, mm. you know, and that's, he, he was bigger than it in that sense. He was at the top for a long time. I think if he hadn't had the run where he turned heel and uh, all in WCW and, you know, created the NWO and had the brilliant run there, I might have had Austin above him mm-hmm. because this just showed another side. Um, uh, his ability to be a heel the cool heel um, and get over in that totally different way and have a run with some you know new guys, younger guys and things like that so yeah, I, for me I would have Hogan at one and Austin at two
1: I think um, this is to Hogan's credit this isn't a criticism but um, I think he he's been really really good at uh, aligning himself with things that are that are hot yeah um, and the NWO, uh, the outsiders, Holland uh, Nash at that point. There's no, um, there's no denying that that was probably like the perfect vehicle for him to kind of revitalize himself. I think maybe his um, yellow and red Captain America um, gimmick was going a bit stale in WCW, and that's yep. that um, pretty much gave his career the shot in the arm that it needed. Yeah, um, it's probably the the what the thing that you know if if Cena had done that, might we be talking about him differently, possibly?
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, that's a really good point because it's always been hard to imagine Cena being anything other than the the, the baby face, you know, and the colourful gear and all that. And, but Hogan was the same. Nobody could imagine it when 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 he turned and he had started getting some booze and he knew it and he knew this was the way to you know, give his, his career a bit of a rebirth. But he did it really well. You know, yeah. his, when when he's standing in the ring in WCW and he's just turned and people are throwing rubbish into the ring and things like that. And he's, and he's talking about his disdain for the fans and it, it just comes across as fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't always have the best quality matches you know, that that's, that would be the bit that lets him down, but he, he he could, and there are a few out there when he's with the right kind of person, mm-hmm. um, but they were always, there was always that you know, it felt like a big event, and it oh. felt like, a, uh, the, well, a main event, and even if he wasn't technically at the top of the card, I think a lot of people bought things like WrestleMania to see him.
1: Yeah, yeah it goes back to what I was saying earlier about storylines. Um, I don't think I would ever... You know, I I wouldn't have watched a Hulk Hogan match for his in-ring technical ability. Yeah. It's the storyline that hooks in, um, and he's a master at that. So yeah, I think I agree with you. Number Hogan, number one, and um, and for the same reasons as to what you've said, I think Austin number two makes sense as well. Yeah. Um, he's He's probably. For you know, for the exact same reasons, he's he's up there with Hogan, but just didn't quite transcend. Um, the way that Hogan did. Yeah. Um and I do I do like that Austin is still there and still involved with WWE and with wrestling mm-hmm. generally and um and, and I, I love some of the stuff that he does, his broken skull sessions are really interesting. Yeah. Um he's quite he's really quite good at it in a kinda of awkward kinda of way but I, I think he's got that respect from the legends and the kind of bigger guys that he has on, that it um, works really well. Yeah. And also, anytime they bring him back, and he hits the stunner, it always gets a pop. Uh, regardless of who it is or, or what he's doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one one of the more more recent times I remember, I think it was last year. He was he was on something and uh, he was having a back and forth with AJ Styles. Um, and he, and eventually Austin hit him with the the star. My my kid, who loves A J Styles, he thought this was brilliant. <laughs> um, he knows nothing about Stone Cold. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah. it's just his character is just yeah, just uh, iconic. And like you said, they've been trying to replicate that, uh, and wrestlers have been trying to replicate that for years. And if they would just realize that 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 he, that he is unique, yeah. <laughs> and that he was created by. By by him Then they might get somewhere But anyway That's another conversation For another time <laughs> um, Okay that's one and two um, If you don't mind I think I think it's fairly obvious Who comes in behind there I think I think Shawn Michaels Kind of Fits in well behind there Number three Yeah What indeed. do you think? Yeah
0: Yeah I think You know What we talked through before um, You know From From Charisma, um, match quality. He, you know, he's not as big as Hogan Austin in terms of, he he, he didn't transcend the sport. It would be a surprise to me if anyone who wasn't a fan actually knew who he was. Mm -hmm. But what he was was so good at every aspect of being a sports entertainer. Um, You know, his his verbal skills, his match quality, um, again, involved in some really good storylines you know, over the, over the years. Um, and I just always really enjoyed watching his matches. Mm. Um, and probably especially when he, when he came back, um, the quality of some of those matches was amazing. Um, and when you consider the fact that if, you know, don't, it probably did him some good, actually the fact that he had the injury and he needed to go away for a while because there were a lot of other issues going on and things like that. But he seemed to come back with a sort of new lease of life and, uh, I'm gonna make the most of this because it won't last forever. Attitude, yeah. Um, and I, I think for me, the the influence he had, you know, he talked earlier about him being a a, a bit of a smaller guy um, and having to work differently. Can't be, you know, the monster. Can't be the superhero. Has to do it in a different way. Um, and the technical wrestling skills were were excellent. So yeah, for me, I would absolutely agree. He would be third.
1: I think for. Him thinking about all three of these guys here I think for influence as to why people would be wrestling fans I think Hogan and Austin yeah. are up there but I think for um, as far as influence and in ring skills um, then, then Michaels would be number one on the list yes. uh, like I said earlier guy, uh, every single guy that hits a super kick a moonsault a flying elbow has a ladder match <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Everything. Everything. I think Michaels is just um so influential. Uh, so yeah, I think he, he sits in there at number three quite nicely. Um that takes us back to Jericho and Undertaker.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's,
1: it's logical, you know,
0: it's uh the two that made it in from the remaining three, so they're they're gonna be four and five. It's just a matter of what order they're in. Um Yes, it's quite tough. Um, you talked earlier, I think, about a sort of natural comparison between them because of the, the, their career lifespan's been pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know for me, and I can be convinced the other way, but for me, I don't know if I would look at the fact that Undertaker's done, whereas Jericho's still going, as a reason to actually have Undertaker 4, Jericho 5. Um, so- and it's more because we we, we kind of don't know the ending yet for Jericho. Mm-hmm. We don't know how he's going to go out. I think you do know what um, influence he's had because there's already you know pretty significant influences through through a, a hell of a lot of workers on uh, sort of both main rosters right now, um, and the the fact that they'll probably hopefully I think in AEW in particular be more of an appetite for people to change it up. Yeah because they've seen Jericho up close, they've worked with him and they'll be aware of how important it is not to go stale and I'm pretty sure he'll be you know explaining that kind of thing to people. Yeah um,
1: I've, 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 um, I've heard backstage stories about um, how influential he's been with the tag team division in AEW right. um, and how when it first started out, I think when Dynamite first started um, basically, the tag teams were about like tornado tag matches, and they were just going crazy and I think he's um explained to them backstage about the importance of rules and uh, how that shapes a story and all that sort of thing so yeah, that sort of thing's really undervalued, I think and underappreciated yeah, and it's I
0: heard it was it on the drew McIntyre thing with Austin actually being told slow it down, you know someone just saying they're getting in the air. Slow it down. Yeah, you know, not an everything. undertaker. He was talking about saying that to him. Yeah, and uh, I suppose that's that's the influence these these people can have on the younger generation because the more you do, the less it means. You mm-hmm. know, um, and I think don't get me wrong. I sometimes love watching some of these you know fast paced um, spot fest match types, but they can't all be like that. Otherwise, nothing will mean anything. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, it's. It's good to, I think probably covers most of the people on the list um, that that some of these older guys um, that have been there and done it can speak to the younger talents and try and guide them in the right kind of way.
1: Yeah, I think I I agree with you. I think Undertaker sits naturally behind Michaels. I think that his 30 years have been at a more important time for wrestling than Jericho's 30 years if if that's you know like if we're comparing longevity um, yeah it might go you know like wrestling might go somewhere else but I've heard many different sort of people talk about how wrestling will never be at the peak that, that it was uh, during the Attitude era um, and Undertaker's basically his, his peak was then uh, yeah and you know, we spoke about Jericho previously about the work that he did in WCW and he was basically left to his own devices and all that sort of stuff, but it wasn't at that point. Undertaker's got a, a lot of iconic um, things that you can look back on and and think of episodes of Raw and SmackDown and um, things during pay-per-views. You talked about Mankind at King of the Ring, 98. Yeah. Um, I think... I. From an iconic point of view undertaker sits farther ahead uh, uh farther ahead than jericho yeah i am i'm happy with that i think that's probably
0: the 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 way around i would have seen it. I do think there could be yeah uh, again you look at everything in in hindsight and when you we when everyone looks back on Jericho's career when he's done, there might be something in there that changes any order you know it's it's it can only be what it is as it stands um and I think his his influence is something that can be bigger than it currently is once you know potentially goes into another role or takes a step back. Um, but he, for me, he's definitely deserving on the list. But I w- I would have him fifth. I think that's that's the the order I would go with.
1: Okay, okay, that's decided. That's yeah. it. One, two, well, there you have it we have our top five greatest of all time wrestlers. Um, Jer- Chris Jericho at five, Undertaker at four, Shawn Michaels at three, Stone Cold Steve Austin at two, and The Immortal Hulk Hogan at number one. Is that how you thought it might pan out? Um, I
0: didn't know, to be honest, when we went into it and we had you know five each, and I was more looking at my five than looking at who was on the, you know, the full list. Um, I, I probably thought beforehand um, someone like Ric Flair probably would have got in. But, yeah, I think we talked to her enough around it as the the, the reasons why not. And the, the thing is, you know, you always have to draw a line. And I think when when we were talking... About who should be on the original ten? I think it started as an eight, and then it grew to a ten. That's right. Yeah. And then I was I was even thinking, there's guys on here we don't have like you know Randy Savage, who was one of my favourites, but I never felt like he was on top long enough and things like that to to really go on a list like this. But there's you know the further wide you push the list, the more names you could have thrown in quite easily. Yeah. Um, and it's all about opinion, really. Um, and probably where you were at the time certain things were happening
1: i think so yeah um and one of other names that we talked about beforehand was brock lesnar um and whether or not he was deemed to be um good enough to be on this list but again he just missed out i think yeah simply because of the caliber of the other people that were that had made the list yeah i
0: think i think we felt with lesnar if we were putting him in he probably would have just been discounted, so nah, nah. we would have just been putting him on to take him off.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. We could have started with fifteen, twenty. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably good for, our, good for our sanity that we started with a ten. Yeah. Okay. Excellent stuff. Right. Um, well, next episode we're going to talk about our top five finishing moves. Um, to to move away from the kind of uh, wrestler centric. Um it's a conversation we've been having recently, so that should be fun, that should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, any any favourite finishing moves that jump out at you straight away?
0: Yeah, I think I'd just say that when, when we decided this was going to be the topic, there were probably about seven or eight that just immediately sprang into my mind. Oh wow. So I I quickly noted them down. Um but that's not I I hadn't really given it another thought yet. So we'll we'll see where it goes, but that was my, my first thought. Um and I I don't know about you, and I might change my mind as I'm researching it, but I've always liked the boom and then pin, you know, finisher. And I know that you know there's you could quite validly say there's some great submission finishers out there, but I, my mind more went to the the move and then
1: the pin. I like that, boom and the pin. Yeah, I assume you're talking about the big boot, then the leg drop, then the one, two, three. <laughs> I, I wasn't one of the ones I noted. <laughs> No, it's going to be good. Um, yeah. Uh, something that kind of sprang in my mind was the finishing moves that have been used by multiple people. Yeah. Um, things like the spear and, and other things. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you come up with. Yeah, you too. That'll be good. So, that is us for episode four. We've got our top five goats. Join us next episode for our top five finishing moves. Until then, take it easy, Adam. Thank you, you too.